Here at Lady Farmer, we talk about so many different aspects of slow and sustainable living, a subject matter that can at times feel confusing, overwhelming, even misleading. And that's why a few years ago, we set out to write a book that might be a guide for those seeking a life of beauty, simplicity, and sustainability. We're thrilled to be able to offer you our own small guide for cultivating slow living, sustainable simplicity close to home available in our online marketplace. In the book, you've woven an easy-to-digest narrative of stories, recipes, tips, resources, ideas, and reflection. This collection of essays and resources will guide you to think about your own relationship to the planet, what you eat, what you wear, and how you live a sustainable lifestyle. It also contains a 21-day slow-living challenge of daily thought exercises to lead you in the process. For you Good Dirt listeners, we are offering free shipping of this wonderful little book with the code THEGOODDIRT in our online marketplace. So use the code THEGOODDIRT, T-H-E-G-O-O-D-D-I-R-T at checkout when you go to purchase your copy of The Lady Farmer Guide to Slow Living in our online marketplace for free shipping. That's The Good Dirt at The Lady Farmer online marketplace for free shipping on The Lady Farmer Guide to Slow Living. We hope you enjoy it. Thanks, everybody. Fast Forward Productions. The women are speaking. You're listening to the Good Dirt Podcast. This is a place where we dig into the nitty gritty of sustainable living through food, fashion, and lifestyle. And we're your hosts, Mary and Emma Kingsley, the mother and daughter founder team of Lady Farmer. We're sowing seeds of slow living through our community platform, events, and online marketplace. We started this podcast as a means to share the wealth of information and quality conversations that we're having in our world as we dream up and deliver ways for each of us to live into the new paradigm, one that is regenerative, balanced, and whole. We want to put the microphone in front of the voices that need to be heard the most right now. The farmers, the dreamers, the designers, and the doers. So come cultivate a better world with us. We're so glad you're here. Now, let's dig in. You guys need a name. Our listeners need a name. I'm not sure what that is yet. I also don't think we can give it to you. I think you have to come up with your own name. That's what I heard. That's a good idea. So let us know if you think of a good name. So today we are here with a bonus episode for September. And mom, you were just telling me that you had a story you wanted to share. So do you want to kick us off? Yes. Okay. So this is a story about my good friend, Shelly. Shelly has a couple of grandchildren and they come over to her house and she likes to play with them and do different things. And she noticed that for whatever reason, she felt like the kids were a little bit afraid of getting dirty. They won't, you know, were careful about their shoes and their clothes and they felt like they needed to wash their hands a lot. And this is understandable. These kids grew up during COVID. You know, we don't know the pressures and the fears that they have felt surrounding this. So, you know, for whatever reason, 
she knows that these children sort of had this tendency. So she loves to garden. Shelly has a beautiful backyard. She has, she grows vegetables and flowers and she has a pond. And in the fall, she'll grow a pumpkin patch for them. And she's just a great lady farmer. So anyway, she decided to help them out a little bit by, she got them special clothes to wear when they came to grandma's house. So they didn't have to worry about getting their good clothes dirty. And she started talking about good dirt. And she said she would take them out in the yard and show them all the wonderful things that were growing and the things they could eat and, you know, straight out of the garden, the green beans or whatever, and say, this is good dirt. This is healthy dirt. We need it. It helps grow our food. It helps us stay healthy. And she said she would even like, you know, encourage them to get their hands in it and rub it on their hands and even maybe rub it on their legs and their feet and just say, this is good dirt. This is a good thing. And She said the kids have been talking about good dirt and they're excited about good dirt. And they run outside and say, we're going to go play in the good dirt. So I'm telling that story because I just love the way that she is incorporated the idea of good dirt into their minds. Like I certainly did not grow up that way. I think we just played in the dirt automatically, but nobody talked about dirt being good or bad or whatever. And I don't know what your memories of that are as a child, but I think now, especially since the good dirt on our planet is really threatened, and we're going to talk about that in a minute. Yeah, it's a good idea for everybody, children and adults alike, to start embracing this idea that we need to cultivate good dirt. We need to protect good dirt. And just like we talk about, you know, water and air, we need to talk about not just farmers, not just soil scientists. We need to talk about everybody taking a responsibility for good dirt. That's true. I love what you just said about taking responsibility for it, that we have a role to play in it, that we are participants in creating more good dirt. So if you're a listener of this podcast, you know that every guest we ask, what does the good dirt mean to them? And and we get a lot of really wonderful responses to that question. They're always different and sometimes really surprising, but always really fun. But a common denominator in a lot of answers to these questions is that the good dirt or the soil really is the basis of all life. And that's because that's just a fact, which is cool. Unites everyone. We can all agree on that. So the soil stores carbon and water. And without soil, there's no food and it's teeming with life. We know this. And a fun fact is that every teaspoon of soil contains billions of microorganisms. This is every teaspoon of good dirt, good soil contains billions of microorganisms from bacteria and fungi and mycorrhizae and nematodes and insects and earthworms. And all of these things are so important to support life on the planet. And also, as you've heard discussed on our podcast many times before, if you're a regular listener, thanks to conventional farming methods that degrade the soil and also deforestation and global warming, nearly half of the most productive soil has disappeared in the world in the last century and a half or so. And even just in the U.S., the cropland soil is eroding 10 times faster then it can be replenished. So we're going the wrong way on soil fast. And there's some really scary statistics out there about how many growing seasons we actually have left on earth. If we continue this course, you'll see headlines like there are only 60 harvests remaining or 30 or 100. There, there's some debate about which number is more accurate, but there is agreement all around that our soil is a finite resource and it's disappearing fast. So while that's true, it's also 
That's a scary and unsettling thought to sit with. So a lot of us immediately go to, okay, okay, well, what do we do to make it better to stretch this out a little bit? So we're not looking down the very last few harvests of the planet. And well, there's a lot of things we can be doing. And we here at The Good Dirt like to stay in the positive solution-oriented mindset. We talk to a lot of people who are eager to take action to help make things better, like using less plastic and cleaning up the beaches and allocating resources to environmental nonprofits that are really doing things. But that's all kind of outward and outside, you know, going to communities and and thinking about what you're buying and taking into your house. But for soil regeneration, we might think that, well, I can't really do that because I don't really have direct access to a farm or a garden, or I don't really know how to do that. But we want to help sort of clarify that a little bit. Yeah. You might think, oh, that's that's not my job. That's the job of scientists and farmers and, you know, to practice regenerative methods. And aren't there universities out there just, you know, doing all this research? I mean, we might think, what does the average consumer have to do with building good dirt? So that's what we want to talk about today. How any of us, all of us, can either contribute to the regeneration of the soil on the planet, or we can actually make good dirt ourselves. Awesome. Where should we start? Okay. Well, let's talk about something everybody has in common. Everybody eats. So we can talk about how you can make good dirt with your food. Right. Like for composting. Yes. And for starters, I'll repeat something we say really often, but we don't dwell on it because by now, hopefully, everybody on the planet understands that the food you throw away in the trash does not break down in the landfill. So just want to get that out there. It can't because a landfill isn't the right environment for things to break down. So it stays practically forever and creates methane gas, which contributes to global warming, which degrades the soil. So one very positive action step to prevent this and to make good dirt is to compost your food waste. So I live on a farm and we have plenty of space and we have an outdoor compost pile. And this is a fairly simple process for us. And we've been doing it for years and years. And it's just part of our daily routine. And we barely even think about it anymore. And we have a big old compost pile out there. And whenever I need compost for the garden, I just go out and get a wheelbarrow full and we've got plenty and we're getting plenty more all the time because we eat and we compost all our food. But you might think, well, I don't live on a farm. I don't have the space. And, you know, we have neighbors and there's rules. And But we want to talk about how there are ways to do it in places that you really wouldn't expect. Right. So composting is actually much more accessible, especially now. I believe that it's growing understanding that this is not only a really good thing we can be doing, but it's kind of a necessary thing that we really need to start doing more. And in my experience, I live in a big city. I live in Washington, D.C. I have been paying for a private compost service, like just like you would a private trash pickup. Personally, we pay $30 a month We actually were splitting it with our neighbors for a while before they moved away. So we would literally each have our own little countertop composter, which is just really not that bad. It doesn't smell or anything. It's just like banana peels and coffee grounds and things that just don't smell because you're also emptying it every week. So countertop thing to the curbside little like five gallon bucket. 
we have been needing to pay a subscription for a pickup, which my advice would be, I believe in most metropolitan areas, there's probably a similar service that exists. If there is not, then I'm pretty confident that there would be a community garden or some type of place where you could bring your compost personally to drop it off. It's just not that difficult to find anymore. And then of course, if you have more space, like my mom was saying, it's really easy to do on your own. But I just, I did want to say that now we are also part of a DC Public Works pilot program that they are piloting public composting service. So we won't have to pay for it anymore and it will be a city provided service. But as of September 2023, this is just starting and it's just piloting with a small number of households. So I will let you know how that goes. I imagine it'll be a lot like the service that I'm currently paying for, but it'll just be through the city. So yeah. So the point of all that being up until now, you might have assumed that composting is not for you because of your space or your lifestyle or, you know, not convenient or whatever, but we encourage you to understand the need and importance of it and investigate how you might make it easier for yourself to do that and have it be a part of your everyday routine. And that would be an an incredibly positive step in your personally taking responsibility for making good dirt. All right. Well, here's another way you can make good dirt with your food. And this is without so much as a square foot of land to work with or countertop or whatever, you can make a really conscious effort to source your food from a local grower who uses sustainable and regenerative soil-friendly farming practices. And you're most likely to find something like that through a local CSA, Community Supported Agriculture is what that stands for, a food buying club or a farmer's market. And so simply by supporting this type of food production You're encouraging the commercial viability of these operations, and you're helping to increase productive soil. And if this is particularly challenging for you for whatever reason, as always, just by thinking about it and to see where you can implement this principle, maybe just one step at a time or one item at a time. And a good place to start is just begin by asking yourself a really simple question when you're going to buy food. And that question is this, will this help to make good dirt? And sometimes the answer to that question will be no, such as pretty much anything that's processed or comes in a package that will end up in the landfill or something that's traveled a long distance or is grown in a conventional operation that has used chemicals in production. And you might very well be in a situation where you don't feel like you have a choice but to go ahead and get it. And that's okay. This is not about creating guilt-driven behaviors. It's about creating and cultivating intention. So just know that by even having the courage to ask yourself that question is progress. Maybe think of one thing you're going to source that's local and sustainably grown. So those are a couple of ways that you can literally make good dirt with the food that you choose to eat. So what about if you have a small yard or garden or patio or something, even if it's a very limited space, can you make good dirt that way? Of course. So maybe you've got some lawn or a small garden space and there are a couple of things you can do. First, you can just start by adding organic matter to the dirt, leaves, grass clippings, coffee grounds, yard and garden wastes, worm castings. Just take a patch and start turning these things into the dirt and see how quickly it transforms into this wonderful, rich, dark soil that crumbles in your hand like chocolate cake. It's, it's just wonderful. And this probably goes without saying, but I'll just say it anyway. Please skip the herbicides and pesticides. When you think about it, 
those products are created to kill things, and they do. Remember that soil is a living thing, and our approach to growing things should be about encouraging life, not wiping it out. There are very effective ways of controlling pests and weeds that don't wipe out everything else in the process. And so then you might ask, what about fertilizers? Aren't fertilizers good? So just stay away from the synthetic fertilizers and make your own good dirt in all these ways we're talking about today. And here's one you'll love, especially now that we're into fall. There is a really easy way to get your fall weekends back. And that is stop raking the leaves because they actually create a mulch that fertilizes soil and provides a habitat for all kinds of small animals and insects and microbial life. And it's a food source for birds and other animals. Honestly, this leaf layer provides food and shelter for so many organisms. But then when you rake or mow the leaves, you're stripping that space of protective mulch and fertilizer and habitat, and you're wiping out all of that life and creating havoc on that little ecosystem and you're depriving the soil underneath of an abundance of nutrients. So just leave the leaves and you're making good dirt. And also you're doing a lot less work and giving yourself a break. That should be welcome advice. And along those lines, another way you can give yourself a break is skip the big garden cleanup in the fall. Leave it alone until late spring. This was me a few years ago. You know, you want to tidy everything up because it can get really messy looking out there over the winter. And conventional garden advice might be to remove all the brown and dead litter that's left over from the growing seasons because you want to discourage the growth of organisms and insects that might harm your garden in the spring. But if you ask me, that's actually backwards. You want to encourage the beneficial organisms and insects to make good dirt all winter. Then they'll emerge in the spring and they'll balance out the ecosystem so that your garden can resist pests and diseases on its own, which makes even more good dirt. Yeah, and you can do some picking up in May if you want to, once everything has come out of dormancy. But by that time, a lot of it's broken down or blown away. So it's not anything like that fall cleanup used to be. It was such a big chore. So guess what? I don't do it anymore. And you're welcome for freeing up your beautiful fall afternoons for some slow living, all of y'all. If you do have a garden, fall is a great time to get a head start on the next growing season by starting perennials. And another excellent way to make good dirt is to plant natives. Native plants adapt quickly and establish root systems that break up and aerate the soil for healthy drainage and nourishment. And they also attract local birds and wildlife and pollinators back to an area that will help reestablish local ecosystems. So while you're doing that, here is another tip that saves you time while making good dirt, and that is minimize digging. So dig lightly. When planting native perennials, you don't have to dig a gigantic hole thinking that you have to loosen up all the soil and the space for the plant to thrive. In fact, you actually want to disturb the soil as little as possible to get the plant securely placed, watered, and have it growing. Let me tell you about what it's like to drift to sleep on a 100% natural wool pillow sourced from regenerative farms wrapped in a lovingly handmade organic cotton pillowcase. Oh wait, I can't. I think it's just something you're going to have to try for yourself. Holy Lamb Organics is proud to carry on a centuries-old tradition of making beautiful textile products by hand. Combining heritage methods with pristine natural and organic materials and sustainable business practices, they bring a dedication to healthy living and the environment. Everything Holy Lamb does reflects their devotion to the planet and its inhabitants. From their supply chain to their manufacturing processes to their facilities management, nothing happens without considering the environmental impact. 
Most importantly, they're also dedicated to fair labor practices, secure working conditions, diversity, and inclusion. From the farm to the mill to their partner manufacturers, everyone shares the same high ideals of a safe, respectful workplace and environmentally conscious methods. Making good products enables them to do good work. Every time we order something from Holy Lamb Organics, we're proud to support a small town made in America company. You can find Holy Lamb Organics in the Lady Farmer Marketplace. For additional marketplace discounts, you can join the Almanac, our member-supported community platform. Find Holy Lamb Organics products including pillows, sheets, natural wool comforters, and more in the bedding section of the Lady Farmer Marketplace at www.ladyfarmer.com. Okay, so these are just a few ideas about how to make good dirt on your own. There are a lot of ways to do that. Today, we're going to talk about one more, and that is to start a worm bin. The fancy word for this is vermiculture. This is for anybody anywhere, even kids, especially kids. It's a great homeschool project or project for anybody. You don't need a farm or garden or any outside space at all. Basically, all you need to do is prepare a container. A plastic storage container is good. It just needs to be about 10 inches high. And by putting in shredded paper and cardboard, a little bit of soil, and maybe some dried leaves, get yourself some starter worms and start feeding them some of your kitchen waste about once a week or so. And that's really about it. And then just let them multiply and grow and make a good dirt. And worms make the best dirt. So for a full explanation of this with a lot more details, we have a whole blog in the show notes that tells you how to do it and even where to get your worms. And all you have to do is go to the link in the show notes and gather a few things and get it going. And by the way, even if you don't have a garden or you don't have any way to use beautiful soil that your worms from your vermiculture bin are going to create a nice bag of this black gold makes a wonderful gift for someone who does. So there it is, y'all, your Christmas presents for this year, bags of dirt. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, I mean, seriously, what could be a possibly better gift than a few handfuls of life-giving, life-supporting, earth-healing, good dirt? I can't think of it. (laughs) Yeah. I can't either. It's absolutely the best. Let's sum up what we've talked about here. So first of all, why is it we think that it's a good idea for everyone to make good dirt in the first place? Well, I would say because soil is the foundation of life. It's disappearing fast. And the National Resources Defense Council says that one inch of topsoil can take several hundred years to develop. And scientists estimate that in the U.S. we're losing soil at a rate of 10 times faster the nature can build it up. So we really need to like proactively be doing that the other way. Yeah. While this might be a very sobering fact, the exciting truth is that there's something all of us can do about it every day. And that's what we're here to tell you. You can make good dirt in a number of ways. First with your food, by composting your food waste whenever possible. And if you're not currently composting, we're going to have some resources available in the show notes to help you figure out how you can start. And... You want to source the food you eat from good dirt to help make more good dirt. And how do you do that? You get your food from a CSA, a local food buying club, farmers markets, and local growers that you know are taking measures to protect the soil. Again, this might take a little research to identify these sources, but they're there and it's well worth it. And if you have any land to tend, a yard or a garden of any size, a patio with pots or even a window box, you can add compost or any organic matter to enhance the life in the soil and you can make your own by doing the worm bin. It's cool. Yeah. 
and skip the pesticides, the herbicides, and the synthetic fertilizers. It's really tempting to go for what's sold to us as a quick solution for weeds and pests, but these products are meant to kill. As we said earlier, our goal is to encourage life. Oh yeah, don't forget also that you get to skip the leaf clearing chore this fall. I will say you might rake a little bit to help maybe in certain areas, maybe they want more leaves and less leaves over here. You know, obviously don't feel like you have to leave things in a way that makes you extremely uncomfortable. Also for me personally, I have little paths and sidewalks around my house. And so if the leaves are on the concrete, that's not doing much, but if I can rake them into the places with soil, then that's super helpful. But you don't have to like rake them off, especially where there's soil and then put them in bags to be taken away to the landfill. So that's just so silly. So leave the leaves. That's the mantra. As for any planting, you can go easy on the digging, minimizing disturbance, and just remember to preserve and enhance what is already there, our living soil. So putting the leaves in bags, those are plastic bags that go into a landfill where they can't compost at all. They sit there again forever when they are such a wonderful resource for us in building good dirt in our very own space. And finally, as we've talked about, you can have fun making good dirt in your house by growing worms. Don't worry. It's easy. It doesn't take much space. We'll link you to an article below that tells you everything you need to know about how to do it. It's a really fun thing to do with the kids. And like my friend Shelly, teach your kids that our soil is a precious resource. Let them grow up loving and wanting to cultivate good dirt all through their lives. We hope that this inspired you to love and appreciate and even make more good dirt. That's cool. It's cool that we can honestly make it. That's really empowering and exciting. And the fact that we can make it with what we would maybe consider waste or things that we otherwise would throw away can become dirt. We can regenerate our own good dirt. So exciting. So let us know if you've learned anything from today's episode. As always, you can call us. Our number is in the show notes. You can write us. Our email is in the show notes. You can find us on Instagram and let us know what you learned today or what you're doing to create good dirt if you already know all these wonderful things. We hope that you have a wonderful rest of your September and happy fall. Truly, it is officially fall. Yay. Okay. Thanks, everybody. We'll see you next time. Goodbye. Thank you for tuning in, calling in, and spreading the good dirt. We love hearing from you. You can reach our listener voicemail at 443-459-1950. That's 443-459-1950. You can find this number in our show notes and in our Instagram profile. This show is produced by Lady Farmer, a slow living lifestyle community. And the original music is composed and performed by John Kingsley. For more from Lady Farmer, follow us on Instagram at WeAreLadyFarmer. That's WeAreLadyFarmer. Or join us online at www.ladyfarmer.com. We'll see you next time on The Good Dirt. Goodbye.